Welcome to PRN, Pause, Renew, Next, a podcast about soul care, scripture, and stories of faith. I'm Jenny Detweiler, and I am so glad that you joined me here today. Today's podcast episode is a good one. My guest, Sharon Tedford, is an interesting lady with a really amazing story, and I can't wait for you to hear some of the wisdom that she shares in this episode. It was a real pleasure to talk to her. Sharon is a fellow podcast host. She has a podcast called God in the Ordinary, and it's actually award-winning, so you guys should totally check it out if you enjoyed listening to her on today's podcast episode. But she's also a singer and a worship leader and an author. We talk about so many amazing things in this episode. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Well, Sharon, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks, Ginny. It's really, really good to meet to to meet you, to be here. I just love listening to your podcast. So I'm excited to be a guest on a podcast that I've listened to. In fact, you helped me drive from here to Mississippi a couple of months ago, which is a long drive. And I really enjoyed a lot of your podcast. So thanks for that. Oh, that <laughs> I, is um... so encouraging. Thank you. <laughs> It was fun. Um, well, I am as you. I am a podcaster too. Um, I'm much, much greener than Ginny is. I just started my podcast in October, and I run a podcast with my friend Gary Dell, who's my co-producer. My podcast is called God in the Ordinary, where we talk about how people reveal God through their ordinary everyday lives. You don't have to be a famous pastor or a well-known speaker to be able to share Jesus. So that's what we talk about. I am. In my day job, I'm a singer, songwriter, author, speaker, um, worship leader, and I've been doing that for a long time, more than 20 years, and I love to do that. And I also do some watercolor, which is a fun thing to help me kind of break out from my staid, central, only one way of thinking. Um, I'm married to my favorite husband, and we are just about to celebrate 25 years of marriage together. And my husband is called Gareth, and we have three kids, nearly all grown. The youngest is 16, so they're nearly all done. And a fur boy called Paddington Paws Pokey Pants, who we all adore. (laughs) (laughs) I love that name. That's so great. Um, I was going to ask you about your podcast, but before we do that, can you talk about how you got into worship leading? Because I think that that's really cool. You've been doing that for 20 years. Yes. I, when I was young, I decided that I wanted to play guitar. My dad had been playing guitar for, for while I was growing up. He started doing it when I was about seven as a way to cool his brain down after he'd been at university all day. Yes. Note to everybody, go to university when you're younger, not when you're older, because it's a bit complicated. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he gave me a guitar and I just started to learn by myself. And I was, we were going to church then, but I wasn't really walking in faith until I was about 14. But in that time, God sort of raised up a joy of music and singing and all of that kind of thing in my heart. And I joined a band and a worship team when I was 14. And then it just kind of spiraled from there, really. It went from being in, we were as a Christian rock band, and I'm forever grateful that those cassettes have nothing to be played on these days because <laughs> <laughs> you could use that as bribery against me and all my friends who are in the band. Um, 
so I went on to university and I did a theatre degree. So I used to do some vocals and recording for some of the music students um, because the the theatre and the music departments were close to each other. Um, we worked together as companions, you know, um, and some of my friends from the music department were in the Christian Union. And that's what we call it in the UK. When you go to university, the Christian Union, which would be uh, like, what do you call it here? Not Crusaders. I can't oh, remember. The, well, there's a bunch of different ones, I feel like, like college okay. clubs that are Christian. Yes, there's College like Campus Crusade. Campus Crusade for Christ. There's That's Crew, the Baptist Student yes. Union, I think. There's a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. In the UK, we don't have anything quite so organized. So we just kind of gather together as a bunch of believers. And so I joined that worship team and grew in my ability to lead a song. And then as we moved on and got married and moved moved on to other places, we joined a much bigger church and I joined the worship team again as a vocalist and a flautist. At that time, I'd stopped playing guitar or flautist, as you would say. <laughs> and it was, I'd probably been in the team about eight weeks when the leader, the worship pastor said to me, we want to train you to be a worship leader. So I spent a long time being specifically trained. And some, so in the UK, it's unusual for a worship pastor to be paid, for that to be a paid position. It's a little bit more normal now, but most churches don't have a full-time paid worship pastor. So there were four of us who made up what was the position of worship pastor. And one of those four was happened to be the senior lecture, lecturer for worship and music at London School of Theology. So I was... Oh, wow honoured and privileged to be able to work alongside him, David Peacock, and be trained by him. And, you know, I couldn't have asked God for a better, a better group of people to work with. And, and my friend Jan, who was who also trained me by being my buddy, you know, side by side, and and my friend Simon, who actually became one of my co-writers on my uh, previous album. So yeah, God was very good. He put the right people around me. I could yeah. not have done any of it without them. That's amazing. Um, so you've already mentioned UK, and I think all my listeners have noticed your accent. So even though you live in Texas, clearly yes. you're not from Texas. <laughs> um, is your husband also from Great Britain, or where is he from? My husband is Irish. So okay. he has another accent. He's from Northern Ireland. He comes from Bangor, County Down which is where Bangor in Maine is named after. And so he has a Northern, Ir Northern Irish accent, which is different from a Southern Irish accent. Um, and our youngest son, we've lived in, we live in the Dallas area. We've lived here for 12 years. So our youngest son is 16 and he sounds like a Texan. So when people walk into our home, they get very confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um because you're a fellow podcaster, I was ex I'm excited always to talk to other podcasters, and I want I wanted to hear the story of how you began your podcast, God in the Ordinary, which I love it because I think we we do some similar things on our podcast and maybe a little bit different, but both of us love to interview people about what God is doing in their lives. What got you started on that path? It's a funny story. It's a, um, it's a little bit like Jonah. Thankfully, I didn't actually get swallowed by a whale, but I wonder how close I was. Lots of people have said to me over the years, 
since living in America, I have to say, oh, I love your accent. I could listen to you talk all day. It's Which true. is funny because my children never say that to me, you know, Ginny. They never say, Mum, <laughs> we could listen to you talk all day. They never say that. Um, but people say that, you know, would you read the phone book to us? Or when I'm leading worship and I speak in between songs, they're like, oh, read more scripture. We want to hear you talk. Because when, when people sing, you'll notice that you normally don't hear their accent. It just gets lost, you know, in, in music. It just does. Um, apart from when I'm singing about water which is hilarious. You know that song, Water You Turned Into Wine, and the first word is water. Yeah, whenever I lead that, you can see people who haven't heard me speak kind of looking at each other quizzically, going, why did she just say that word so strangely? But anyway, (laughs) that's another story. (laughs) I think it's true. I mean, British accents, I'm sure you've heard this before, but regardless, they make you sound so eloquent. Like, yeah. like you could just sit down and read anything and everybody would be <laughs> at rapt attention, except maybe your children. But I agree except with that. My, <laughs> it's true. And so because people said that they want to listen to me talk, and I would just say, I might sound like I'm super intelligent. I'm just normal. I'm not super intelligent. It's just an accent. It's what my tongue is doing, not necessarily what my brain is doing. Um, <laughs> so I felt like that just kept bouncing around that comment. And, you know, to begin with, you just laugh it off. Oh, that's funny. But then I really felt like the father was saying, actually, I want you to start a podcast. I've I've listened to podcasts for years. I was an early adopter because I like to multitask. So I listen while I'm driving or while I'm doing housework. Oh, or, me too. Yeah. Yes. It's a great thing. Yeah. And I don't like to miss out on things. I don't really like, I feel like I'm missing out if I'm watching YouTube. I might be missing out on something that's going on on the screen if I'm not watching. So podcast has been my go-to for a long time. But I said to God, well, that's really kind of you to offer me that. But he and I both know that I don't do technology. I am absolutely rubbish. I'm okay if you give me a parameter, I can work within it. But as soon as there's a toenail outside of that parameter, we are in big trouble. And it, it makes me flustered and it makes me flap and I and, and nervous and anxious. And so I just said to God, well, that's really, that's really sweet. Oh, thanks, Jesus. But no. <laughs> um, and I just kind of left it in my brain and it sat there and it kept coming. You know, Jesus is so kind to us, isn't he? It just came, kept coming back to me. Well, you know, you should do a podcast. And then people started saying it to me, at which point I was just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, when I can learn the technology, knowing in my head I could never learn the technology. So in February of 2020, when we were all wondering what to do during our lockdown months, a friend of mine who is on my team, um, my ministry is called 61 Things, and I have a team in the UK and, and a team here. And my my uh, friend Gary Dell has been on my team in the UK for, for many years. He is an audio engineer. And he called me in February and said, listen, uh, I, I've got a proposal. I want to talk about another part of business for you. Um, but before I say this, I want you to pray about it because I, I want to know that this is what God is calling you to do. So no pressure. And he proceeded to tell me that he, as an audio engineer, and he's done radio shows and TV shows and all the things for many years. He's very, very skilled, has his own studio. He said, as an audio engineer, I really feel like I want to do a podcast about this theme. And I don't want to do any talking. Would you, don't tell me now, don't tell me now, but would you consider being my podcast host and working together as my co-producer? 
And, you know, the whole time he was talking about what he was thinking about podcasts and don't answer me yet, I could feel the tears pricking my eyeballs. <laughs> okay, Jesus, this is it. So before we'd hung up, I said to him, because we were face to face on a Zoom call, I said, Gary, actually, I, you know, he knows that I love to pray. You know, I would normally say, yes, I'll go away and pray about it, but I don't need to. And then I cried so because Jesus has already been telling me this is what he wants me to do. And, you know, you are the answer to the part of my question that was, I really don't have the time as well because I run a ministry. I don't have the time to learn all of the technology. That's just not what God has called me to do. And so God partnered us up specifically over this God in the ordinary. And it was an answer to prayer for Gary because he didn't want to be behind the mic and an answer to prayer for me because I didn't want to be behind the computer. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So it sounds like Jonah, except you weren't running. So that's good. <laughs> you were just, Maybe I was just hiding a little you're bit. You're placing your request. <laughs> Lord, I don't think I can do that unless you're going to provide the means. That doesn't sound like me. So then he provided the means. I love it when he confirms things that way. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Okay. So can you share with us? I I've heard you share this story before and it's amazing. And I would love for my listeners to get a chance to hear it. Can you share with us about how you moved to Texas and what the Lord taught you during that time? Yeah. So your show lasts for three and a half hours, right? <laughs> um, I mean, we could do a series where people could come back week after week. <laughs> what happens it next? It would need to be. To be continued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could write a book, Ginny, when we finished. Um, yes. My you know what? Was if, you're, if your producer calls me later, then I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Listen out for that phone call. <laughs> my husband works in the airline business, and so... After 9-11, many of your listeners, I'm sure, will know that the airline business struggled and it was a difficult time for people in the travel industry at large. And so it came to the point where his company had said, we will give you a really good severance package, but you have to leave in the next few weeks. You have two weeks to make that decision. Um, but then when you come back after Christmas, your job might not be here. So if you decide to stay, you might lose your job anyway. And so we prayed about it. And my husband really felt like he wanted to explore something different. So as we prayed, we felt like the Lord had said to, to him, I want to give you a blank canvas. Well, in order for someone to give you something, you have to take it. And so we prayed together. We had just a small group of people praying with us around this specific decision, asking people whether they had words of knowledge or whether a a scripture in the Bible stood out to them for us and to send that to us. And my mom actually was one of the people that we asked to pray. And she was reading the Bible one day and felt like God said, go to this particular proverb. And I should have looked it up. I've forgotten which one it was. And so she was like, well, I don't know if that's really God or did I have too much cheese last night? So she just went and looked it up anyway. And the scripture said, the wise man runs, the fool stays. And so we were, okay, God. My mum said, I didn't want to share it with you because that means you're going to leave. But, you know, you go with our blessing. Um, my parents are, and our families have both been very kind to us um, because, you know, living on the other side of the world is difficult. But anyway, all of that to say, my husband took severance and then had three months um, on purpose, gardening leave, we call it in the UK. I don't know what you call it here. Maybe you call it the same thing here, where you just take a pause in your career. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So he had three months. He went on field trips with the children. Uh, he went on outings at school with the children. He was the only dad. We went and had coffee. We sat in coffee shops in the village and we read books and we reintroduced ourselves to each other. <laughs> and then he started looking for jobs. And the job that was clearly the, the winner was a job here in just outside Dallas in Texas. In fact, my husband had been a customer of theirs and they sought him out when they found out that he'd left and said, would you come and work for us? So he did, still in the airline industry, something slightly different. But moving here was very exciting for all of us, especially for my husband. It was a great thing for his career, but terrifying for the mum in the family. And my husband is is a really great man. He loves Jesus and he is a good leader. And he did his part, but my part felt to me to be overwhelming. You know, moving schools is hard. For all of you who've moved house, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. To move countries is huge. And during that process, I found that I hate change. Now, lots of you will be saying, oh, yeah, I don't like change either. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 Linda. Listen, Linda. You know that, that YouTube thing. <laughs> I hate change. And so I fought against everything along the way. I knew that this was the right thing for us to do. And I came willingly, but my heart was struggling to really be willing to put roots down, be willing to make new friends, be willing to to do all these things with grace and not just I feel like I feel like Jonah again right there. So maybe maybe I'm related. I should check my my uh what do they call that that tree, <laughs> the my family tree to see whether I am related to Jonah. <laughs> uh, my maiden name is Thomas, so maybe I am a bit of a doubting Thomas too, doubting that God would do what he promised and he said he would draw something beautiful on the blank canvas. So over the the course of I guess 18 months when we first moved here and I was finding new doctors, learning to drive on the wrong side of the road, trying ah. to make myself understood. Because, you know, it's we joke that we are two countries separated by the same language because when I say I want my jumper or I, I'm going to eat a banana, two things happen in your head. that You know, you're like, oh, she talks funny. And what does she mean by jumper? So there was all those things that happened every day, even on the telephone, trying to set up the electricity line. The lady on the other end of the phone couldn't understand me. <laughs> it was very frustrating. So all of these things. And um, one day I just sat down and cried. As we do when we feel overwhelmed. Uh -huh. And I said, Lord, I hate this. I hate this change. And Jesus was very kind and sweetly said to me, well, if you don't change, you can never be like me. And that was a <gasps> moment for me. We would say in England, I was gobsmacked. I was just completely taken aback. I had no words. You know, when you put your hand over your mouth, and you go, oh, that's called gobsmacked because your mouth is called your gob when you smack yeah. your mouth. I was gobsmacked. You know what? I've heard and gobsmacked, but I didn't know gob was your mouth. That's so funny. There you go. I just learned yeah. something. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> so I learned in that moment that actually this change is going to be good. Uh -huh. And I need to allow God to move in me and present opportunities for change in my life and in my heart and in my mind and in my soul. And so I, I actually don't say I hate change anymore. I might say sometimes I struggle with it because I'm not trying to pretend that it's easy, but I don't hate it anymore because I have found that 
in living here, in growing with Jesus and being brave to take those steps, he has grown me so much closer to him. And and we both, my husband and I have both grown in our faith in ways that we couldn't imagine would have happened in the same scale. I'm sure God would do his work, but you know, he called us here and he's moving in the way that he promised he would. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so after you were here for a period of time, there was a specific passage of scripture that the Lord used in your life pretty majorly. Will you share that story? Yeah, we'd been here for a few years and got to know some people and had some friends who I was working with. Like I said, I'm working in, I was in a worship team here at a mega church in Texas, of which there are many. Again, a big cultural shift. I've heard that. <laughs> um, a lot of people who I love and would call as family today. Um, and I'd actually, well, I guess I'll tell the other part of the story first. So I was going to a different mega church for a women's event with a very good friend of mine. Um, she goes every year to the pink conference put on by Gateway, which is really close to where we live, the main campus of Gateway. Um, and her friend who she goes with every year somehow accidentally double booked herself and she was actually working. She's a flight, flight crew, flight attendant. So she couldn't shift. She couldn't change it. She had to go. So she, my friend called me and said, I've got this seat and I want to give it to you. I don't want you to pay any money. I want you to come as my guest. And she had paid for her seat uh, a specific amount of money, which meant that row seven, well, row H, seat seven was her seat. There was another part of the building that you can go to and just sit anywhere. But this was like, because she went every year and it was like their tradition. So um, one afternoon when we all went out for lunch, it's a massive auditorium. When we came back in from lunch, there was an envelope tucked in the seat of every single person, every single seat in the auditorium. Every seat had a card. And I tell you that we sat in that specific seat because that's part of my story. Mm -hmm. So I opened the card and remember that my friend was expecting her friend to sit there. And the card was a prophecy for me based around Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4 speaking about being an oak of righteousness, speaking about having deep roots, even when everything around had been very difficult, how I'd been holding the line of faith. And previously to this, for about a year, there had been some really, really, really difficult times in our life around faith, around um, some other political stuff that I won't go into. But Jesus had been very kind to me and protected protected my faith and protected my walk with him. So it was astonishing to me that somebody had seen this, uh, this prophecy, or had heard it from the Lord, and, and that it was tucked inside my seat. So I can never say, oh, well, I just happened to sit there and it just happened to fit me. No, it was my seat and it was my word from the Father. And I went home and, you know, really excited to share it with Gareth, my husband, and, you know, I, I put it on my desk and left it there. And then a few days later, I just remember the Lord saying, remember what we do with words of prophecy, which is we weigh them up. And so I thought, OK, yeah, I should weigh that. I shouldn't just be like, oh, obviously that that was for me because it means 
that God sees me and he's, he's pleased with the way that I'm still walking in faith. I wonder if there's more. And so I started to dig into, specifically, into the whole of Isaiah 61, not just verses 1 through 4. And it, it ended up, well, actually, to begin with, it was just verses 1 through 4. It ended up after a couple of days of learning and digging and blue letter Bible-ing. <laughs> if you don't know blue letter Bible, it's a really, really good website that will help you understand some of the Hebrew or Greek words. After spending time with that, over just a couple of weeks, I had 58 pages of notes. Wow. On four verses. Yes. And so I was, oh, my goodness. I think that Jesus wants to say something to me here. <laughs> 58 pages worth. <laughs> yes, exactly. And as I just spent time with it, leaning into it and just sitting with that, oh, my goodness, what are you trying to say to me, Jesus? it became clear that he was calling me to really step out into ministry, to launch a ministry, not just to do what I've been doing, which is, you know, popping here and there to lead worship and speaking and um, continuing to write songs. I'd still been writing when we moved here. I just kept on writing songs. Um, and so we launched 61 Things because Isaiah is filled with all the things that God calls us to do. That's why it's called 61 Things, because we should be doing those things that we find in Isaiah 61. And so that's how the ministry was born. And I, I know that if we hadn't lived here, that it would be different. You know, if God had called us to stay in the UK, I'm sure he'd have done something differently and invited me into ministry there. But, you know, part of us moving here, my steps of obedience um, uncovered what God had waiting for me in those moments. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful story. I love that. Um, I work for a counseling center called Cornerstone, and those are our company verses as well. So, mm. I mean, it's a great passage, but yeah. I love, love, love that it intersects and it means something to me too, because yep. I think about that's that's what part of my ministry is through Jesus, obviously, is to bind up the brokenhearted and mm. um, all the beautiful things that he talks about in that passage. Yeah. Preach on. Yeah. <laughs> um. I was wondering, you talk about three words, and they're all our words, restore, rebuild, and renew. What are the things that the Lord is teaching you from that passage about those words? Yeah, those words come up in Isaiah 61. And yeah, the words rebuild, restore, renew have become just vibrantly filled with life for me. You know, they need to go in that order, rebuild, restore, renew. I think God does stuff like that on purpose, right? Yes. <laughs> He's a very purposeful God. <laughs> so when we think about the word rebuild, we can think about the fact that God has so much, so much for us and that his plans, as I've just been saying, are completely perfect. He doesn't make mistakes. The fun thing about all of these words is they start off with that prefix, re. Uh -huh. If you think about re, it means return. And that's what all that God ever intended for us, isn't it? Is to return to him, to go back to who he is, to get back into that place of relationship with him. So when he thought up the universe, this blows my mind. When he thought up the universe, even before he created the universe, he thought about Ginny and he thought about all the things that Ginny could do. And he thought about Sharon and he thought about every single one of your listeners that he, he had a plan before he put the universe together. Let me just say that again. Before he created the earth, he thought up, oh, Ginny, oh, what a great idea. <laughs> and that, that came first. 
And yet I wandered from that plan. It was me. I wandered away from the perfect plan that God had for me. And he wants to rebuild each one of us. He wants to put us back to um, factory settings, I suppose you could say. Because when he created us, he didn't make a mistake. We wandered off. We pulled it off the plumb line. We just need to get back in line and rebuild what God put there. So secondly, restore. I don't know whether you've watched anything during lockdown, but I got sucked into a Netflix show uh, about restoration, about Ooh. how they fix um, toys. It's an English show. You'll love it because people speak with English accents. <laughs> You'll have to, I'll have to look up the title. I can't remember it now, but you can put it in your show notes, I'm sure. I mean, they I restore... actually really love documentaries from the BBC. I oh. think they just do them differently and they're very fascinating to me. So. But I'm sure this you'll love this. Yeah, I probably would. It's a lovely show where people bring their antiques or their old anything. It's they they usually are very old, like a pair, um, a beautiful glass vase that needs to be repaired, or a teddy bear that was a great great grandma's. Uh, there was a toy car. There was a tapestry. There's all these things. So there are people who work in this restoration company who are specifically skilled in sewing or in woodwork or in metalwork or ironmongering, whatever. And they restore these items back to their former glory. And I couldn't stop watching it. And after a while, I realized it's, you know, watching somebody restore a work of art is just what God's doing in me. It's just what God is doing in you. And that suddenly what I was like, oh, that's why I love this so much, because it's restoring. Mm -hmm. It's bringing back to life, what it was meant to be. You know, that's what God does for us. And renew, the last word, renew, you know, that is giving fresh life to something. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us, isn't it? He comes into us. He dwells in us. He fills us and renews us. He gives us back our full existence in Christ. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Um, oh. Now, before we move on, we need to know what is the name of that show. I know. Go find it. The Repair Shop. The Repair Shop. Yes. Perfect. And it's, it's a series. Okay, now we're going to all have to go find that. Thank you. Okay. Because you, I think, I think you just like me love to encourage people who are weary in their faith. That's kind of, that's kind of the gift that I feel the Lord has given me in this ministry is to come alongside people who maybe are tired and just need a, a fresh little wind in their sails. Mm. Um, and you love to revitalize weary believers with hope. So in this season, especially during a pandemic, coming out of a pandemic, I feel like people are very weary just across the board. People are tired. Um, where are you finding hope these days? And that's a multifaceted answer, isn't it? There's, it has been hard to find hope, hasn't it? We've being in COVID and separated. I had a, a tour cancelled last year. I was supposed to be going on tour in the UK, which we've just rebooked for this year. But, you know, we still don't know for sure whether it will happen. And I haven't seen my family for two years. And our eldest son lives in DC. Haven't seen him for a year. There's a lot of things that, you know, have brought disappointment to all of us, to all of us. I know every one of us has a story of disappointment. And so I think for me, what I've had to do is actually choose, focus, 
find Jesus and hook my hope claws into him, for want of a better phrase. I've had to really, really solidly think about him. It hasn't been easy to find hope, but I've had to do that. And I think, you know, spending time with Jesus intentionally has been my way to find hope. There's hope in relationship with him. That, mm-hmm. That's, you know, the basis of everything. There is hope in relationship with him. And I can restore my hope with him. I can restore my relationship with him through prayer. So people who know me well know that I love to pray. I, I really see the power in prayer. I know that you feel the same, Ginny. I know that you're, you really encourage your listeners to pray, to find relationship with Jesus, to talk to him, to, to love on him, to appreciate his presence, to share our hearts with him. When we pour out our hearts to someone else, then things change, which is exactly why you do what you do as a counsellor. That when we pour stuff out, we can get rid of the rubbish and replace it with good. And so that's one of the things that we can do when we talk with Jesus in prayer. It just helps me renew my perspective. Mm-hmm. It turns me away from my problems and look helps me look back on the king of all, the one who is in charge of it all, the one who is the king of hope, the one who carries mm-hmm. hope in great vats that he pours out over us. Um, it just sets my eyes on him and my eternal home. So that firstly, you know, my hope is in Jesus and intentionally finding time with him. But also I think there's hope in community. And that has been more difficult in lockdown and during pandemics. And I know that as people listening are going to be in different stages of freedom or not, but everyone can find community somehow, be it on a phone call or in a text message or an email. If you can't see people face to face, maybe you can do Zoom a Zoom call, which, you know, a year ago, most of us had no idea what a Zoom call was. Now we all know the world knows. (laughs) The world knows what Zoom is. So we can use and find community there. And I found one of the ways that I've been able to find hope is to join an online community called Raising Kids on Your Knees. And every day it's a bunch of mums, about 30 30 mums, young mums, up to, as they call us, seasoned mums, which I really like. Not old mums, but seasoned mums. And we share how to parent our children. We share how to have Jesus as our Lord. We share about spiritual warfare and we share about our identity in Jesus. And that's been a really great way to find hope because I'm I'm seeing other women agreeing and finding hope you know there's Mm -hmm. there's something beautiful in that community so if anybody wants to join us it's free it's 9 a.m no it's 8 8 to 9 a.m central time we have people from canada india england and all over america so you would be most welcome Ginny. you could come too it'd be great to have you i follow them on instagram but i did not realize there was a zoom every day that's great that's such a great resource that's cool And we have different teachers who come and share. I teach every Thursday, but there are other teachers who do Monday, Tuesday and Friday and Wednesday. (laughs) Apparently I can't, I don't know the words of them, (laughs) of the week. I told you, my mouth might make me sound smart, but my brain doesn't. And thirdly, I find hope by being very careful what I put into my brain. Because I can easily feel hopeless by spending hours on Instagram Uh you know, spending way too long on Facebook or watching a show about someone whose marriage falls apart or someone, you know, the murder shows. I used to love watching those like broad church and stuff like that. I used to love the mystery of that, but I've discovered that it's not good for my heart. <laughs> it leaves me feeling hopeless afterwards. 
And so I, that's the three things is to, you know, find hope in Jesus, find hope in community and be careful what kind of hope I put into my own brain. Mm-hmm. I love to ask each of my guests about what they're doing for their own soul care, but I think that those categories fit. So I think you just answered my question. And I think that those were amazing answers. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. You know, as I was listening today to your story, something really stood out to me, and that is that the Lord has been super personal with you because when it came to starting your podcast, he spoke to you about it for a while before and had other people speak to you about it before the opportunity presented itself. So you could call that like Jonah, or you could say the Lord really meets with you in a personal way. And the same thing with how he brought you here and then how he left a card for you with Isaiah 61 and as he leads you into ministry. And I think that that's really encouraging for all of us to remember is that the Lord, he cares for all of us, but he really cares about the details. And I, you know, we've last month, as we're listening to this podcast, uh, my guest for last month will have been um, Rachel Grohl from She Hears Ministry. And we were talking about um, how we can hear the Lord's voice and how he speaks to us as women. Um, because she just wrote a Bible study called She Hears for Women. And and I think that that is encouraging for us all to remember is that the Lord really does meet with us in a personal way every day, but sometimes in really big instances like what you're describing, where our lives may have gone a different way had we not heard him, had he not confirmed it for us in, in really sweet and gentle ways like he does. He didn't have a whale come and swallow you. <laughs> he was very kind. <laughs> so. <laughs> until you are ready to get on board with him. So right. I think that that was really encouraging. Thank you He's for so sharing. Patient. I mm-hmm. would just say to people, you know, go and read Rachel's book, listen to that podcast. Yes, that's really, really great. And to remember that sometimes God speaks to us in the ordinary. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a prophetic word tucked into a seat, which was very extraordinary. But yes. he will speak to you in the ordinary. We just need to be aware. We need to wake up every day and say, Lord, today... I'm paying attention to what you're saying to me. Let me see you. Let me hear you so that we don't miss a thing. That's right. That's right. Okay, Sharon, if people want to find you, where are all the places online or in, maybe not in real life, all the places (laughs) online that they can find you? Well, if you're in Texas, I'd love to have a cup of tea with you. Um, (laughs) You can find me online at my ministry page, which is 61 Things. So you can find 61 Things on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram. And my website is 61-things because long story, but 61-things is my website. You can find my book and my albums on Amazon or at my website in the store, in the shop. You can buy, you can commission watercolor art from me or buy some of the pre-painted stuff there that's watercolor with scripture in it. Um, But Instagram and Facebook. Instagram's my biggest playground. So that's on my ministry. But if you want to follow my podcast, that's on a separate Instagram and Facebook. And that is Gitto, G-I-T-O, which stands for God in the Ordinary. So Gitto Podcast, you can find me there with my lovely green logo. You'll know you're in the right place when you see that. God in the Ordinary on Facebook and Instagram. And I would love to have people come chat with me. Tell me about how you're hearing from God. I would love that. Well, I'm so thankful that you are here with us today, and I I appreciate your time. It's been great. 
Thank you. Actually, Ginny, I can give your your listeners a little gift if you would like that. I would love that. If you if you would like to go to my website 61-things, I can you can have a free download of one of my watercolors that you can print out at home. You just you need the code and the code is podcast. So if you put in podcast all lowercase there will be a little pop-up on my website that says, do you have a secret code? And you can say, why, yes, I do. <laughs> and you can put in podcast and then you will be taken to a page where you can have a free download of one of my watercolors with the hidden scripture. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much for that. And I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes today so that everybody can get that. Great. Thank you. Thanks again, Sharon, for being on today's podcast episode. It was a real pleasure and so fun to connect with you. Friends, if you enjoyed this podcast episode and you want to know more about Sharon, you should totally check out her website. It's 61, the number 61-things.com. And if you want to get that free watercolor that she talked about, the code is podcast, and you'll see right where to put that in right when you go to her website. You can also find her on Instagram at 61things. She is about to kick off a British tour right now, you guys, so you may want to go follow her so you can keep tabs on that. And you know that you can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well at Pause Renew Next. Three words put together, pause, renew, next. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, please go out and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And friends, if you enjoy this podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you share it with your friends, either by word of mouth, that's my favorite, or on Facebook or Instagram or your favorite platform, because sharing is caring. Thanks so much, you guys. Well, I hope today's podcast episode was encouraging to you. It certainly was to me. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. The podcast. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus.